Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 67 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. My third guest today, Ryan Sawa, is an author of his brand new book called Choice Point, Breaking the Cycle of Self-Sabotage, Accelerate Your Growth, and Realize Your True Potential. Ryan is a licensed coach of many disciplines, almost too many to name here, but I'm sure we'll get into all of them. He is driven to help others on their path to self-realization and unlocking their full potential. Ryan, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the show. How are you this evening? Oh, I'm doing excellent. Thank you, for, thank you for having me. It's always exciting to, to connect with like-minded people, so I'm excited to be here. Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. And You know, I do have quite a few coaches on this show, but I don't think I've had anyone that is so qualified in so many different ways of coaching. You know, I, I know you're you, you qualified in yoga, in some of these things. I'm not even sure what they are, so I'm really excited to learn about them, actually. Um, Oxygen Advantage Coach, Certified mm -hmm. Q Processor Facilitator, Licensed Unbeatable Mindset Coach. Um, so... How did that journey of being a coach start? You know, how long have you been doing it and, and when did it get going? Well, qualify, I'm qualified is, is a very strong word, first of all. Now, those, those are certifications. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I, I never really intended to be someone who got all these certifications. But when I, you know, when I uh, embarked upon this journey of, of wanting to really understand the mind and, un and understand kind of how the whole just mind-body system was working and how to maximize my performance and overcome myself and and just really deep dive into transformation. And, you know, one thing led to the next. Next thing I know, I was like, holy cow, I got six certifications. And, you know, and, I, and right, right now I'm actually toying with a seventh and an eighth. But, you know, it, it, that's never really the point. Um, one of the pieces that I found when I started to kind of dive into certain type of work, like, for example, the, the Q process facilitator piece we won't have to go too far into this but it's it's shadow work and i'm nowhere near any sort of therapist or anything like that but it is a 21 day journaling process that i was fascinated by and uh that i had massive uh massive success by doing this 21 day process of of releasing some limiting beliefs about myself and really just experiencing life in, in a completely different manner that I was, uh, that I wanted to see what was behind the scenes. You know, I wanted to understand it to a deeper extent so I could deepen my own practice, right? And, uh, and so that's where it all started was, you know, the yoga certification was to, to go and have an experience in person and understand it from a, a level to where then I can bring it back home and, and deepen my own personal practice. And that was really what the whole certification after certification piece was all about in the beginning. And then I got to a place where I was like, well, if I just keep all this content and information and knowledge to myself, I'm kind of being selfish. So that, you know, there was a point in time where, you know, it, you know, it turned into a book and that idea, then that idea turned into a coaching program and, and a speaking, uh, you know, program or speaking career. And, and now I do workshops and, and all kinds of different things, but um, it, it, it was just been a natural evolution to be honest with you. It's just yeah. been natural. Yeah. Yeah, I guess when you when you start with something and you find you enjoy it, it often snowballs. And then, you know, perhaps when you start helping others, that brings more energy to the situation. So there's nothing like there's nothing quite like doing something that you love and other people getting value back from it. So it doesn't surprise me at all 
that you got certified in so many things. Why not if you're enjoying it, quite frankly? More, yeah. more strings to the bow, the better. More people you can help in different areas. Yeah, and that's a great way of putting it, too. You know, I it's funny. I, I spent the majority of my life not really thinking I was uh, someone who enjoyed learning, you know? And so when I kind of untapped this, the whole idea of like human potential and performance and mindset and, and you know, and, and the idea of what we call spiral dynamics and, you know, understanding how we evolve as human beings, basically, like I became fascinated. I mean, it's just like, if I, you know, I don't know if I would have been fascinated at this at 15 or 20 or 25 years old, but at 35, 38, you know, these, you know, uh, middle-aged uh, type age, I, I just love it. And it's the only thing I really like to study or talk about or, or read or, you know, and so uh, it's just, it's become a way of life at this point. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Uh, I think that's really interesting that you say you weren't someone who liked learning. I guess when you're at school, what, whatever you're, you're told to learn this and you're told that this is the book, you read the book, you recite the book. And if you can recite it well enough in an exam format, then you pass the test. You know, right. you're, you're given what you have to learn. You, it's not a choice of yours, but when you, uh, might take your own choice into what to learn then it really becomes into its own and actually you enjoy it a lot more that's yes. something i'm echoing my own journey when i say that back to you i can tell you that for sure because i was uh, not a good student at all in fact i can remember a report card saying uh jacob jacob is in jacob knows how to do the work but he just does not apply himself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a general premise yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of our stories. That's a lot of our stories. <laughs> for sure, yeah. for sure. So let's get into some challenges that you've had along the way. I always like to dive into challenges on this podcast. Of course, it's the people that are wanting to, the audience, thinking about getting into their own business, perhaps already have their own business and are looking for some some help, some guidance, some, some room to grow. But in talking about the challenges in that, we all have them. Um, they're, they're the real points I find where you have to dig deep, where you have to grow, where you have to, you know, find find the skills inside yourself to get past those things. Yeah, I love that. You know, I mean, when that, that question comes to mind, it's, it's really for hard for me not to just go straight to the idea that, you know, in 2014, I was uh, a collegiate football coach. I, I My last life, I was, uh, you know, I, I spent 12 years in the, in the college ranks of being a football coach, American football. And um, 2014 is when it all came to an absolute breaking point because my wife found me curled up in the ball in the corner of the room having a massive anxiety attack. And at that point in time in my life, I had not told anybody that I had spent a lifetime in a place of anxiety and depression. I had hit it. I had suppressed it. I had avoided it. I have distracted myself. I had become a master of disguise. And even my wife at the time, we had two young, beautiful babies and she had no idea what was happening in my own psyche and what was going on. So she looked at me and goes, what are you doing? You know? And I was like, uh, you know, you finally caught me type, you know, <laughs> caught red handed, you know? And so that led to conversation after conversation. We finally, you know, beginning to actually, uh, verbalize this fact that, uh, you know, I was battling really uh, for my life with depression. And uh, I recognized that I, I couldn't continue to be a collegiate football coach, be a father, overcome myself, understand what was going on and all these, and live the life that I really wanted to live of uh, what I recognized at the time. I didn't know it, but I wanted to live a very balanced life and 
being a college football coach in America, there's no balance to that. I mean, it's a wonderful lifestyle if you're single, but a married man, you know, it's, it's hard to be a father and, and to be in, and to really be all in, in that profession. So, uh, there's a lot of guys who do it and do it well, but, um, I wanted to be home more than that job was allowing me to be. So, you know, I started to really kind of, uh, uncover and do some work and, and try to figure pieces out and, you know, got into the physical transformation and lost a bunch of weight. I was, you know, 70 pounds heavier or so than I am today at that point in time. And, um, you know, so I went down that whole path of, of, you know, changing a lot of different things from my habits and drinking and gambling and everything else that I like to do before those days. And, um, and that's really the path that I was on when I, when I left coaching, uh, it didn't get better. Uh, it got worse. Uh, you know, I, I continued to kind of seek outside of myself for approval. I, I, I wanted some sort of recognition or, or sense of like, you know, that, of feeling like I wasn't alone, right. In this battle. Right. So looking for acknowledgement of some kind and, I, I led myself down a path uh, of always trying to push myself physically and, and things like that. And eventually found myself in a, in a, in a sticky situation where I was in an emotional affair with another woman. My, now my marriage is even more on the rocks than it was before. And, yeah. and, and so really had to just absolutely push pause on like, who, who am I, man? I mean, what's really going on here? And to, to wake up and to recognize that like, I have created this mess. I've created this mess in my own head. I've created this mess in my marriage. I've created this mess. And, uh, and so if I created it, then shit, why can't I untangle it? You know, uh, one thing at a time, one thought at a time, one behavior at a time, uh, and, and actually truly legitimately completely rewire myself to a different experience. Like uh, I started to study epigenetics and neuroplasticity and cell reproduction. And I started to dive into Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and got into meditation, which led me to the next thing, to the next thing, the next thing. Right. And, uh, and, you know, really now have 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 a pretty dang good understanding of how the mind works, how to train it through breath, through visualization, through positive uh, self-talk, you know, that goes much deeper than just, hey, I can do it. But there's a lot to that. And I just I, mean, I just recently, uh, just about an hour ago, got done with a course that I'm doing online that, 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 that teaches all these pieces of the puzzle of, of, uh, of basically mindfulness, of resiliency, of mental toughness, and how to overcome and rewrite our stories, rewrite the narratives of our lives. And so that, those, that struggle was real. Um, you know, there was a very dark place in my life where there were suicidal thoughts and, and, um, you know, and, and I recognized that, you know, it was, it was, it was either, it was either give up or fight, you know, and, and, um, and one of my main motivations at the time when I was going through that was, Hey, listen, I have this, you know, at the time a two-year-old son and, and I could see my, my suffering and my vibration being an impact on his life already at that age. I could just see it. I could just sense it, you know, mm-hmm. and. And I was, I was hell bent to make sure that if, if, if this was not something I could beat, at least I was going to understand it. At least I was going to understand it so that I could have tools and I could help him. If he had to experience the same thing, I could help him navigate it. So I could have answers because when I started to ask questions, when I was a young kid uh, at all, like in in that manner of looking for any sort of support, I didn't get any answers. Zero. Mm. Uh, Even from a health professional. 
It was, you know, they wanted to just put me on medication. The times that I did go to a doctor or this or that or the other, there wasn't, there wasn't uh, solutions. There was just answers, more answers to my problems. It was just more problems in my opinion, you know? And so uh, that's, that's really what led me. Uh, that's where it all started. I didn't, I didn't seek uh, leaving coaching to become a coach. Like I, I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I, that, was, that was not my goal. And I even was hell bent that I would never go down that path again. But like I said, a couple of years down the road later, after completely kind of just reshaping my life and rewiring yeah. myself to a different experience, I realized, okay, wait a minute. I can, I did this for myself. I untangled this mess. There's a lot of people suffering in the world unnecessarily. And that's really my passion in life at this point is to help people to untangle the unnecessary suffering uh, and mm -hmm. to re be able to then recreate themselves. And, and, and what I have recognized, Jake, is that whether you're overcoming some sense of obstacle or despair or, or limiting belief about yourself, or you're trying to reshape your life into becoming a high performer and making a larger impact, an entrepreneur or whatever that looks like for you, like this tools are exactly the same, right? So to take yourself out of the gutter or into a much higher perspective of life, like it's the tools are the same. The path is yeah, same. yeah. It's just applying them in different ways. And thanks for being so honest, open, and transparent about about your challenge. There, it's one heck of a story that, that you went through there. What? How did? What was the kind of time frame of that whole thing from you? You know, from your wife finding you there to you now being to where you're at now, like how many years ago was that? Well, uh, yeah, when she found me, that was like 2014. So that's about six years. Yeah. 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 What a journey. What a journey. I think one thing that you, you touched on there was that, you know, at that time you were in a real pretty dark place, pretty low place. You know, you said you'd even had some suicidal thoughts and you'd, you actually saw that vibration, that energy, you know, being picked up by just your two year old son. I think yeah. that's something that people don't always understand and appreciate that, you know, children from the ages of pretty much zero to five years old are just like sponges in terms of energy and, and atmosphere and everything that's going on around them. And you think, oh, well, they can't really understand what I'm saying because they don't have good verbalization and stuff yet, but they sure do uh, in another sense, in the energy sense, and they're absorbing all of the stuff that's going on around them. No, it's, it is the more I have learned now, the more I am insanely grateful that I left and did what I did when I did it, because, uh, it gives my kids a chance to, you know, to, to not be so impacted by that time. And there is already probably some impact there because of, of that vibration. Like you say, they, they take on everything, everything. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, um, whether it be just messaging or how our cells reproduce in each moment, like our cells are reproducing, millions of cells are reproducing with the signature of whatever it is, whatever vibration we're in, in the present moment, whether it be doubt and fear and despair and anxiety and depression, if we're in those states, our cells are just reproducing with that signature, right? And mm -hmm. we're basically, we're basically, uh, predicting our future to have more of that because of we're allowing ourselves to be there. Right. And it's just, the, exactly. it's, it's, it's just the, the nature of how we are made up as humans. And so not only that, but you know, there are the, how our brains are wired, how they kind of wire and fire. Right. And so the more we feel that way, the more we're going to then potentially feel that way more in the future. So to recognize with every moment that you shift your state towards a different emotional outcome of joy, peace and abundance and prosperity and whatever that looks like for you, right? 
of just presence, um, then you know that you're creating more of that for yourself. Like you are attracting more of that just for your own experience in the future, more gratitude, you know, uh, whatever that may be. So it's like this moment by moment awareness and practice to like take full responsibility. Like I, I, I'm not saying that, you know, it's my fault that, that here I am, but it is my responsibility to take the, to take the reins and to shift my state in any present moment. If I don't want to feel that way, allow myself to feel it, release it without judgment. And then let's go, let's shift it to where I want to go. Whether yeah. that's putting on a, a music track that makes you feel different or doing meditation or breath work that shifts your state. But we are 100% in control of how we feel at each present moment. And we're going to be attracting more of whatever we uh, experience. You know, I mean, absolutely right. And yeah. talking about switching energy up, I can feel the energy of this conversation is changing already. So let's go from that challenges stage to some triumphs, you know, to some points that you've had as being, you know, not the old coach, the new coach that you were like, yes, this is me. This is what I do. This feels great. And this is why I do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can just go off of a recent experience where I was in a room with 27 uh, young cadets who are trained to become police officers here in the Spokane, Washington. And, and uh, you know, going through a, a four hour workshop where I'm teaching them these tools that have shifted my life and that have gained perspective and gave me a sense of mindfulness and helped me develop uh, the ability to navigate stress and to overcome and to visualize my future self of being strong and confident and, and all these different pieces of the puzzle, you know, and to see their wide eyes in this, in the, they're in the, they were in the phase of testing. It was actually just this last Thursday where they're getting ready to do these mock-up testing, situation testing things. And there's, they were, they were about as puckered as a room as I've ever been in, you know, when it comes to that, like, it's an important thing. It, man, it means something to them. And for me to come in and spend four hours with them and to give them tools and then to get some of the feedback that I've gotten, even just in the last few days from them, it's just, it's so gratifying. And, uh, you know, I, I just, it just feels like, like all of that suffering that I was exposed to was, is for a reason. Like now I get it. Now I have a story that allows for me to be relatable, that allows for me to be, uh, you know, approachable. And, and then therefore I can, I can speak from that place. I can speak. I've been there. I know what it feels like. And I know that I, you can overcome it because I did. Right. And so, uh, it, it just adds so much context to your, my life. This is so much more color than, than winning or losing a football game, you know, and, and that was a wonderful life, but this is about actually like legitimately changing people's lives, changing the outcomes of people's lives and, and helping them do that for themselves. I'm all, all I'm doing is teaching tools. You know, uh, you know, I, I may occasionally challenge somebody if they have a limiting belief or things of that nature, but majority of what I do is just helping you put tools in your tool bag to navigate life, the unknown, right? So when that moment's come up, you don't need me. You got your tool bag and, and, yeah. and, and, and I can help you build those practices, build that awareness and use those tools to be able to navigate the unknown of, because we're all living in the, in the unknown right now, right? The whole world is right. Oh, so. yeah. That's for sure. I'm sat here like a nodding dog, particularly when you said um, about, you know, you teaching people the, the mental toolbox almost, and, you know, for them, them tools to be at the top of their toolbox. I have an analogy about that. I, I moved from uh, 
England to Australia five years ago and something I, I talk about, I do a little bit of public speaking is about the mental toolbox that you need to actually move and emigrate to another country and be a success there and not just to actually do it, but to stay there. And mm -hmm. I talk about, you know, I'm also a plumber as well. I've been a plumber for many years, but you develop a mental toolbox. And just like you are as a plumber, you have certain tools that you always have near the top of your box because you know you're going to need them regularly. And I talk yeah. about building up this mental toolbox of, of things you're going to need when you, when you, you know, you could apply it to anything. But in this concept, it's moving to another country and you're going to need patience. You're going to need persistence. You're going to need determination, mental resilience. So, yeah, I think it's a really good analogy to say a mental toolbox because a lot of people, particularly anyone that's ever worked in construction or even done a bit of DIY around the home, they'll be able to instantly identify with what you're talking about. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love, I love those. You know, creating a uh, what I hear from what you said there is like basically creating a personal philosophy or a stand. Like here, here are the character traits that I, you know, am going to live by. You know, to make sure that I'm able to use this as like a filtration system for my thoughts, my words, and my actions. Right. So as I'm going through transition in life, and this is one of the pieces that I love to coach people in, is when they're in a transition, they're going from one job to another. Maybe, you know, I've never thought about that, but going from one country to the next, like that could be a scary situation, right? So then now how do I, how do I have a stronger sense of self, right? So then therefore I don't get derailed by my circumstances of life, right? So the stronger sense of self that I have, the more clear about who I, what I am, what I stand for. When life happens, when I'm contacted by life, like, I'm not nearly as affected, you know, because I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna use that as my filtration system for life, you know. Uh, as it comes at me and it contacts me, this is who I am. Here I am. There that is. I'm not that. I'm not my thoughts. I am not my circumstances, right? I'm experiencing them, but they aren't. I'm not identifying with them. I'm not attaching to them. Uh, I'm this pure witnessing observer uh, essence over here. And that's happening over there. Mm, mm, that's a great way to look at it. A really interesting, resounding way to look at life. I really think it is. Yeah. Now let's talk about the word hustle. Of course, it features in the title of this podcast, Hunger for the Hustle. And I define hustle to be not having or seeing the circumstances that you desire. So going out and creating them. I'd love to know how you define the word hustle. And clearly you have a lot of hunger for it. So what's driven it over the years? You know, I have just recently realized, and I mean recently in the last few months, realized that I love the unknown. I love to venture into the unknown, meaning like, all right, I'm gonna develop this new business model. And I don't really have any idea where it's gonna end up. You know, there's gonna be a ton of, of, of uh, missteps and of trial and error and dipping my toe here and dipping my toe there. and But I can't wait to see where we end up. I can't wait to see how we get there and what we learn along the way. And, and I think that is the piece that a lot of us miss is we, we set out a goal and, and we hustle to, to reach the goal, right? To, to have the achievement, whether it be a certain amount of money or, you know, you know, to win a certain, you know, uh, you know, in a sporting world, right. To win a, an event or to a championship or whatever. And we forget that the whole entire point of why we set out to do something hard or challenging is because who we become in the process. 
it's who I become by the, this experience, the people that I meet, the person that how I'm influenced, the things that I read and, and, and discover about myself. And then the, the mental tools that I have to sharpen to actually do the, the thing that I'm setting out to do to actually navigate the unknown, right? Like that's the hustle is, is the more that I put myself in hard situations, the more that I realize I have to sharpen those tools. I can't just have the tools. Yeah, they're they're going to get rusty and caught up. And then when I pull them out, shit, they ain't going to work. Right. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, so I had this conversation just tonight with someone. Well, how do you do that when it's in a high performance situation where you don't have time to sit back and assess your, your thoughts? I'm like, You've preloaded the work. You, you've preloaded the work to such a level in your mind and your visualizations that you prepared for whatever arises. So when the thing arises, you're so efficient with how you rewire your thoughts in that present moment when you get triggered by an obstacle or by a comment or by you know whatever that may be that you just instantly redirect your mind, your thoughts, your breath, your attention, and your focus towards a positive outcome. Like there's just no other way that your mind operates other than navigating toward the positive outcome. And so this is done through efficiency, is done through you know, awareness, and it's done through repetition. It's done through practice. And and the only way for me to really practice, when I say practice, it starts with in a, in a seated position potentially as a visualization, kind of like winning in our mind, right? But practice really happens when I take life on as my training ground where every single thing that shows up in my life is an opportunity for me to grow. And so if I'm not out seeking those things to grow, then I'm not hustling, right? I'm not hustling to become a better version of myself so I can make a greater impact in the world, be a, of greater service. And, you know, and to just have a different, like the, one of the beautiful pieces selfishly is that I, every time that I grow, I get a different perspective of life. Like, you know, like there's, there's legitimately times Jake or the last few years when I'm doing something that I have done multiple times, you know, whether it be going fishing with a friend or even just like having a date night with the wife and doing dishes or whatever it is, like we're making dinner at the house and having a glass of wine or whatever that I'm like, this really almost feels like it's the first time doing it Wow! Yeah. because yeah. it's a different version of me doing mm. it like, such mm. a degree that, and I believe this is possible for all of us that we can go through life and that, that we can have one of two experiences. Like in, even science shows this at the age of 35 years old, that most of us aren't going to have very many new experiences that the, the majority of everything that we're going to kind of experience in life, our thoughts, feelings, circumstances, how we perceive the world is pretty much fixed unless we intentionally go out and seek something new and unknown and navigate those obstacles to then create a different perspective of life, to actually challenge our thinking, to actually look at and go experience different cultures and, and taking on new belief structures and, and trying those things on so you can have a different perspective of life. If we don't intentionally do those things, then, then we're just going to relive the same old experiences over and over and over and over again. But I truly believe like intentional living can lead us to a place where every year feels like this new adventure. Every time we go out to dinner with our wives can even feel something like it's almost like it's new, not like the old, not like the old bag again, you know? So mm, mm, mm. I love that. It's a great, 
great way to look at it. And uh, you had me slightly concerned there because I'm 32 and I thought, well, I've got three years to experience all the things I'm going to experience before I recycle them. But then I realised that that's if you're just not seeking them. And I'm always seeking new experiences. You know, this, 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 yeah, this whole podcast thing I just started in September and it's every, every I almost feel like every episode is a new experience sometimes because, of course, it's different people, it's different perspectives, we're talking about different stuff. Um, although it all relates to the same kind of narrative, it's yeah, it's uh, I'm always seeking, always seeking. Yeah, and, and so you're long, you're naturally wired that way. I, I you know, that, that that's a really powerful thing. But a lot of people, I almost said mm -hmm. most. I don't know what the numbers is. I don't know what the percentage is. But a lot of people are not wired that way. They're and, and it, as we as humans are wired for comfort. Right. And so comfort, the ego doesn't want to change. It wants, it wants to uh, conserve as much energy as possible. Right. And, um, and I think that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a trap that we have to be aware of. Like we're never going to be on firm ground. So the second that you think, if you feel like, ah, I've kind of, I've made it, there's this plateau in life and, and I got this good job. Life is cush. Like I'm going to sit back and then, you know, yeah, there's a moment there to pat ourselves on the back, but then get off your ass and start getting and get back to work and find the next challenge. Yeah, you know? yeah, onwards, yeah. upwards, outwards, all the time. Yeah, just going to give a shout out to uh, a guest I had on the podcast a couple of months ago, Malcolm Free on the side, who's who's loving what we're talking about and is is giving us some some real value. He says uh, it may or may not be my fault, but it is always my responsibility, and that is so true like just just owning it in the moment and knowing that okay look it might not might not might not have gone how i wanted it to go um and it and it may or may not be my fault i may or may not be uh, the result of why it happened but it is my responsibility and my my thing to take on and, and own and then you know that's authentic people are always going to appreciate that even if they're upset in the interim of what have, might have happened at the time you know, going forward later, you'll always be able to say, I took ownership, I took responsibility. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's authentic at the end of the day. I love it. I'd love to talk about your, <clears throat> excuse me, your book, um, Choice Point. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about that. When when did you write it? When was it released? Where yeah. Well, you know, I, <laughs> I kind of conceived of this idea a couple of years ago that I would start to tell the story. You know, I, I recognized that I had done enough and learned enough that it was worth uh, at least, if nothing else, as a healing process for me to put it on paper, put it out to the world, have that first piece of content out there. And and uh, and so March hit, COVID hit. My I have a residential painting company. And you said you're a plumber. I, so I have a painting company that I own and operate. And I, I don't. I'm not involved in the day-to-day -day -day as much anymore, but at the time that was still a source of income, you know, it still mm -hmm. is today. And, and it, so that was non-essential parked in the driveway for two months. Uh, my wife was an event coordinator. So COVID hit, she got fired. So within mm -hmm. like two weeks time, we went from two incomes pretty darn comfortable to going like, Oh, Oh, this is real. What's going on here. Right. And, and so, I looked at that as an opportunity really quickly to say, well, you know what? I've been wanting to write this book. I hired a writing coach and I, in the next 30 days, I just, I went for it. I just, I hammered it out and wrote every day 
And uh, until I got a manuscript put together that I was semi happy with. And, and so we launched that in, uh, in August, uh, August 27th was my birthday. And so we, we launched it on my birthday. And by the time we actually got it all edited and, you know, all the, all the steps that follow writing the manuscript, like that's, that piece is the, you know, what I have now learned is that that's kind of the fun and easy piece. <laughs> the rest of the process to actually get it up and publish is, is, is quite the journey. But, um, you know, so that was, that was more of a, just, you know what, this was a wonderful opportunity to take this downtime that I didn't foresee having and, and, um, and, and do something positive with it, you know, and, and telling the story of overcoming this depression and really highlighting kind of the, the awareness that went along with that journey. And I wanted to, to try to create a picture of, of what it's like to, to transform, like what, it, how, how it can potentially be uncomfortable and kind of this cycle of transformation that I illuminated in the, in the book and, in, and how we have to, like, we have to let go and create what we call the void. The void is this place in our lives where we have to actually make space for a new thought, for new, for new behavior, for new, uh, you know, habits, you know, and for new, for new friends, even for new people in our life, they're going to fit who we're becoming. Right. So we have to create this void and then we have to do the work and the work is the moment by moment awareness of really just overcoming our negative tendency to, to, you know, and, and what our past conditioning is and beliefs about ourselves. And so we have to go through this process of kind of, you know, overcoming ourselves and then how, when we are beginning to release and beginning to create a new, there's always going, the mind's always going to try to put you on uh, a false ground, what we call a plateau or a false, a false summit. And, and then this ability to fully integrate ourselves into a new experience of life. And so I kind of illuminate that process of transformation that I have, that I just threw journaling when I, when I left, uh, when I began to kind of go down this path, I, I became uh, a daily journal kind of guy. And so I, you know, I'd write something down, maybe even if it was just a few words, some days I'd write for pages and pages and pages and pages, but other days I might just write a couple, like a question, like one question down. Right. And so I, I've kept all those journals. I went back through them all. And I noticed this, I noticed this pattern of me removing something from my life, me really working on myself, me feeling like there's this new experience. And then this, and then this moment, this, this moment of, of integration would happen where I'm like, Oh wow, I'm no longer that old person. Like I no longer, you know, crave a beer on a Friday night. I no longer even realize that it's, that it's college football Saturday. I never even think about turning on a college football game because I've removed that from my life. Like I'm no longer that person. Now here I am as this person, uh, you know, experiencing life differently. And, and then this, uh, coming back to this idea of a choice to like, okay, well, from this new perspective of life, what's next, you know, who else, who else, what else is possible? You know, how, what other, what other area of my life can be potentially massaged or reworked or overcome or, you know, uh, made anew. So, you know, that, that whole process. And then I, I illuminate some tools in the back of the book, um, you know, some basic, just, you know, uh, trying to really the book for me was a book that was meant for my 35 year old self that had never read a book in his life. Right. And didn't want to learn anything new. So mm -hmm. I tried to be it, it be kind of more of a door opener 
type book. Like, hey, listen, this is not going to be a deep dive, but this is going to just illuminate the path enough to where you might be curious to go ask another question someplace else. Um, and that's that was the goal of the book. So, yeah, makes perfect sense. And um, I might have to get myself a copy because it seems like a fantastic book. And I, I like the way that you you maximize the downtime there. You know, this has been a great year to take advantage of this quiet time, to take advantage of this, um, less distractions, less people to interact with, and perhaps even realize that, hey, actually, you know, these people that I've not spent so much time around, maybe I don't need to spend so much time around them. Um, and, you know, <laughs> Your life is actually better because of it. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. And that, that pertains to places, things, you know, all these things that you just caught up doing for years and years and years. A lot of them got taken away from us this year, and um, I think it made gave us a space to realign, readjust, and think what was actually valuable to us in our lives, mm. and what did we actually need, mm. and what did we actually want? Because they're two very different things. I love that. I love those. I love those types of powerful questions. Yeah, and mm. it's, I, think, I think it's like something that we should be constantly, constantly asking ourselves those basic questions of: is is what I want actually what I need? Yeah. You know, what can I let go of, right? And what's next for me, right? I mean, just simple, some simple questions like that. I think it's so powerful. Mm. Name of the book, Malcolm Ask on the side. It's called, what, how about, it's called Choice Point, right? That's the name of the book. Choice Choice Point, that's right, yeah. Choice yeah. Point. How did you come up with the name? For the, I'm intrigued by the name. You know, as I was writing the book, uh, the original title was going to be Chasing the Light. Uh, because it was this idea of transformation, right? Um, and as I as I read the book back again, I recognized that I that I basically tried to illuminate this idea that like in each moment we have this choice to make. Like there's something going on in our heads, and this this idea of like being in this cycle of transformation where you have to make the choice to create something new before you can do anything else. There has to be the awareness that you even have a choice. And, and so it was just this, it was a, it was this topic that just kind of continued to percolate throughout the whole book. And, and so I thought, you know, it just, it just made perfect sense to, to just call it choice point. And I thought it was kind of catchy at the same time. So, yeah, no, I think yeah. it works pretty well. Yeah. So we get, we're getting to the, to the end of this episode. And I really enjoyed spending some time with you, Ryan. It's been some great nuggets for myself, as I hope there has been for all the audience, whether they're watching now live or later and if you have just joined this podcast at the 38th minute you are going to need to pull it back and rewind because there is some absolute gems so make sure you capture the whole thing i'm going to ask you ryan three hot tips if you were to give three hot tips to your 35 year old self that was in that dark place what would they be you know the the, the first piece if you're in a dark place is uh that there is life outside of whatever it is you're experiencing like for me that was there's life after football like you, we, you might be in a situation where you know you're in a certain profession or or whatever it is and the idea of transitioning is scary because you don't know what it's going to look like on the other side right you don't know if you're going to be able to find happiness or you don't know if you're ever going to be able to overcome this certain limiting belief about yourself or how the world views you. But the first piece is that, that we all have the power to, to create whatever version of ourselves that we want, whatever experience of life that we 
want to have. We just have to be able to actually be willing to walk through that river of change, right? So every single one of us can create a new version of ourselves. Um, and, and so just to know that as a possibility is first and foremost, like we all have that power. This, the second piece is to find mentorship. Find somebody who has walked the path before you, whether that be in a book or a podcast or, you know, a, you know, a coaching program or hiring somebody or whatever that looks like for you. That could just be a friend, you know, that, that you, that you, that, that has been down that path before you that's in, maybe older than you or an uncle or whatever it may be. But somebody that has a similar story, a relatable story, it doesn't have to be identical, but somebody that has illuminated the path before you to say what worked, what didn't, you know, how could, could you at least like shine a spotlight in a general vicinity for me mm. so I can begin my path, so I can start to walk and navigate, you know, because each one of us has to create our own way, Right. And how we connect the dots, uh, you know. The, it's it, I tell people a lot of times. It's like you have to have a, a machete. At some point, you're going to have to fight your way out of the jungle on your own. Mm. At some point, you're going to have to. And so that would be my third point. You know, is is to is just embrace the fact that you need to, to do your own work on you, like to look inward. And even like for my like for example, my wife and I when our marriage was. At an absolute breaking point when I was basically standing in the kitchen with my wife and I said, I think I'm going to move out tomorrow. Like this clearly does not stand a chance. And for whatever reason, long story short, we got hit with this download that we hadn't actually done the work, that we changed everything about our lives. We changed our jobs. We changed where we live. We both transformed our bodies. You know, we lost a bunch of weight, blah, 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 blah. Like all these things, all these circumstances about our life, all these stories about our lives, we changed all of them. But we hadn't changed ourselves. We hadn't done the internal work that it allowed for us to actually see each other for who we really were, where we were really going, and what was really possible, you know? And so you have to be willing to do the work. You got to be willing to do the work. And the work doesn't have to be serious. Like transformation can be fun. Like imagine the best possible outcome for yourself. And then go to work to create that version of you. Mm. I love that, man. I love that. I love that. I really do. I think that's a great way to look at things. Great perspective. Yeah. Tell me as we close out something. I'd love to know what you're reading at the moment. You know, uh, I read about five or six books at once. Uh, you know, yeah. because <laughs> I, I bounce around a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to be honest, I mean, I, I've, I've, I have just in the last few months picked up the Bible for the first time, you know, mm -hmm. and so I'm navigating my way through that. Um, I'm always studying something. So uh, whether it be breath or something like that. So I, I have a, a book or two that's about kind of getting ourselves back to uh, one called one's called Go Wild. It's about kind of getting ourselves back to uh, back to nature in the sense of uh, how we move and being, you know, going out into nature and the things we eat and, and how we breathe and things of that nature like that. Uh, and then uh, I, I like to always have something that's a little bit more spiritual too. And 
uh, and beyond the Bible, obviously, is is uh, Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth, is the book that I'm reading right now. And that one is uh, is extensive, it's long, and it's in-depth, and it's, uh, it's a mind twister. I can only do a couple pages at a time. <laughs> That's why I have to have multiple books, because this one – this one will challenge you if you really go through and really study it. You know, one of the things that I ad adopted about reading years ago was I, I, I vowed to not just read a book. Uh, I don't just read books. I study books. Um, and so, like, I, I will usually pop on a, an audio book. And if I like it, then I get the hard copy or, or the uh, Kindle version, you know, and then I, I study it. Uh, and I, I mean, I page by page highlight, take notes, record my notes, type up my notes, refer back to them. Um, you know, one of the pieces of the puzzle that I think that, like I said, with doing the work uh, as a tip is like nothing is obtained without practice. And I think so many times we, we get knowledge, but we don't actually apply it. And that can be dangerous because then we think we know. So it's no different than like, oh, no, I read that book. Oh, yeah, that book about, you know, about this, that, or the other. But like, yeah, but did it actually change anything about your life? Because I don't see you implementing any of these ideas, principles, perspectives, or tools into your life. So what the hell is the difference? Like it, it, it doesn't actually do anything if we don't really uh, adopt it and integrate it and try it on. And, well, that's not for me. That is for me. You know what I mean? Uh, and so I've... Yeah, I, I when I study books, I, I mean, when I go through books, I really try to study them. And, yeah. and, and there's a question in the book, I actually stop and answer the question. You know how many times you're reading a book and there's a question, oh, I'll come back later. Like, no, you won't. <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> no, you're stop and answer the question. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a sign for, you mentioned Eckhart Tolle books there. I think all Eckhart Tolle books are there. You can only ever read perhaps at most a chapter at a time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they're powerful. We got a question on the side here from Malcolm. I'll get this one up on the screen. Throughout your journey, how often do you reflect on your past? I love that question. You know, one thing that I have come to realize about going backwards in life in the sense of looking at your past um, is to learn something that I need to grow from or to heal. So I really don't look backwards very often. I'd say 80, 90% of my energy is, is, is going for, forward and forward focused. But when I get caught up or hung up or I notice a reoccurring trigger, no matter how small that trigger is, that's when I stop and go, okay, wait a minute. That trigger has happened to me four or five different times in this last week or this last month. Okay, so where where is this actually coming from? Like, what is the root of that trigger? Where, where did in my life did I make that agreement with myself that that's how I, who I am, or, you know, how I operate? And, and what does that mean? Like, where did, did I feel that way before, right? And so, um, yeah, I, you know, I love to keep journals. Um, this time of year is specifically, I, I do a lot of vision work. So I, I will tend to like go back and reread visions that I've written in the past or, you know, stuff that I've journaled about, but I really try to limit myself to be forward thinking as much as possible and only go back to, 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 to learn from my past and, or to grow or to, to heal, sorry, to heal from my past. Mm -hmm. uh, and, so, and perhaps do you, have, 
do you ever look sorry to go across do you ever look back to see how far you've come and and that's one of the pieces i think that's the most important reason why someone should journal right mm -hmm. it's because our our minds will forget what we have accomplished like it will only see where we are and where we need to go like it'll always have we'll always have this kind of sense of lack because we're always trying to get to the next plateau right but there is no there 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 is no finish line per se so you know to be able to occasionally go back and be like oh wow look at that like a year ago this is where and and two years ago wow you know those types of things and so I do think that that's a powerful reflection occasionally, but it's 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 really only a, you know a couple times a year that I will intentionally go back in that manner. And then again, like I said, when I when I notice a reoccurring trigger in my life, whether something makes me feel sensitive or something makes me feel hurt, something makes me feel uh, irritated on a reoccurring basis, then I'm like, okay, there's something there that needs to be healed because yeah. I, I believe that if we are completely whole and we have learned to let go and surrender these limiting aspects of ourselves. So we should be able to go through a day and not be disturbed. Like mm. I, I have that experience of, of how far I've come from legitimately like going through my day was an irritable friction resistant experience. Right. And to now go through my life where I can go days without feeling really much resistance at all. And so other than the resistance that I impose upon myself because I'm a seeking a new challenge. So when there is, when there is something as simple as even a road rage or your wife triggers you by something that she says or does or whatever it is, like there's something there for us to look at. Like that is, that's a, that's a little, uh, a little tally mark to say, okay, wait a minute. Like there's something there that can be healed about us, right? We can go back and rewrite an old narrative, you know, or we can uh, just let go of a story, you know, that no longer serves us. It may have kept us safe when we were six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 years mm -hmm. old, whatever it may be, but it has no bearing at 43 years old today where I am mm -hmm. today. Right. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, totally, totally. So many nuggets, so many gems. I'm going to have to watch this one back myself. You genuinely taught me a lot here, particularly with the things that you said about when things repeatedly come up and they trigger you, you know, looking at the reasons behind that and, and there's some healing to be done there and what is the work to be done. That's something I'm really going to take note of and work on. So thank you for that. Thank you for your time and energy here on the podcast. I am going to drop your links where people can find you in, in the comments here, but do you just want to tell the audience where is the best place to find and connect with you if people want to buy the book or, or of course, engage in your services? Yeah, so uh, the book is on Amazon, you know, Choice Points on Amazon, obviously. And, and IHP Coaching is the name of our business. IHP stands for Integrated Human Performance. So we're on Facebook and Instagram and ihpcoaching.com is our, is our website where we have our services listed workshops and we have things that we're doing online. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, we're, we're happy and ready to, to serve anybody who's, who's interested to learn more. Fantastic. Ryan, thanks so much for spending this time with me. I've really enjoyed it. 
enjoy the rest of your evening. And uh, it's probably heading up to bedtime, isn't it? So yeah, it's, well. it's bedtime. Yeah, I, I get up. <laughs> it's bedtime. So I, I appreciate it, Jake. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care. Bye bye. Take care.